Welcome to Genesis of Medicine today. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Justin Weinbaum. Dr. Weinbaum is a research assistant professor in the Department of Bioengineering at the University of Pittsburgh. Dr. Weinbaum, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thank you, John. So I know you have a variety of interests, but one that I'd like to share with our audience a little bit is the work you've been doing on aneurysms. Can you basically give us a brief introduction to that topic? I was brought in as the associate director of David Vorp's Vascular Bioengineering Laboratory, and he's had a long-standing interest in abdominal aneurysm from the standpoint of biomechanics. And my background is in molecular biology and specifically extracellular matrix biology. So I've been interested in how elastin turns over in the context of abdominal aortic aneurysm. And we've made some good progress. Our main interest is how do we create a regenerative therapy for uh, AAA, which is abdominal aortic aneurysm. Can we spend a moment and define the magnitude of the problem? Sure. So this is a disorder that affects a large portion of our population. It particularly affects males and smokers. So in the context of AAA, what happens is the abdominal aorta, which is the main trunk that carries blood to the rest of the body, it has initial damage to the extracellular matrix that's in the wall that gives it mechanical resilience. And this matrix is composed of elastin and collagen. When this damage occurs, it sends signals to the body which recruit inflammatory cells, which then secrete proteases which further digest the extracellular matrix and then recruit more cells and so forth. So it's, it's a bit of a vicious cycle. And as this cycle continues and the matrix of the wall is degraded, the wall expands and the vessel dilates. And when the abdominal aorta gets to a diameter of approximately 5.5 centimeters, that indicates to the surgeon that there's a risk of rupture and they go in and they do either an open repair or an endovascular repair of the aneurysm. So what our group is interested in is first how do you predict rupture and I would say that is sort of more in the domain of David Vorp and his biomechanics expertise but we would also like to look at these patients who are in between the normal aortic diameter of around two centimeters and the surgical diameter of five centimeters and say what can we do for these patients because presumably if we can attack this vicious cycle somehow slow down dilation then these patients wouldn't need to go to surgery and in addition they wouldn't have the uncertainty of not knowing when their aorta is going to continue to expand. From what you just said do I understand you're looking at a non-surgical solution? That's correct. The strategy that we're looking at right now is a, a bit of a different paradigm from a lot of vascular regenerative therapies in that the AAA is characterized by an intraluminal thrombus. So if you were to deliver any sort of drugs or therapeutic cells from the blood, it would have trouble getting to the wall because there's essentially a big clot lining the lumen. 
So we are looking at a different strategy, which is a peri-adventitial strategy. So we want to deliver therapeutics to the outside of the expanding aorta. And the therapeutic that we're particularly interested in is mesenchymal stem cells. So one of the tricks of this adventitial delivery is how to get the stem cells to sit there on the outside of the vessel so that they can then migrate in. And we've been using hydrogels to essentially gel a solution of mesenchymal stem cells around the outside of the aorta. So I presume your hypothesis is that if you apply stem cells to the external wall of the aorta, it will somehow reinforce that structure. That's correct. So mesenchymal stem cells can interact with this vicious cycle at several points. One known ability of mesenchymal stem cells, or as I'll say for the rest of the talk, MSCs, is that they can modulate the immune system. For example, they can switch incoming macrophages from a destructive M1 phenotype into a regenerative M2 phenotype. They also secrete molecules known as TIMPs, which are inhibitors of proteases which can damage the matrix. So in the presence of MSCs, you'll slow down the degradation of the vascular matrix. I think the most exciting thing that we've discovered in our group, which really relates to my own research on elastin, is that MSCs secrete factors, if you condition media with them in culture, they secrete factors which can lead smooth muscle cells to increase their output of elastin. So in addition to slowing down elastin breakdown by manipulating the immune system, we also think MSCs could stimulate the resident SMCs to make more elastin. Is your expectation that this therapy would be applied once or does it need to be applied multiple times? So it's a little tough to know without testing this. The hope is that if you can slow down the vicious cycle of how this expansion occurs, you might be able to hold it in place for quite a while after one administration of the MSCs. However, that might be overly optimistic, and it could be that you need multiple deliveries. That's why in our strategy, we're also looking into ways that this can be done minimally invasively, perhaps through a laparoscopic technique where the cells are directed to the outside of the aorta without opening up the patient. It's a very interesting approach. What's the status of this study? To this point, we have really good data showing that delivery of MSCs to the outside of the aorta can slow down aneurysm growth. We have, with the support of the Center for Medical Innovation here at the University of Pittsburgh, developed a prototype for how to deliver this cell-gel mixture to the outside of the aorta. And we've done one preliminary study delivering this gel to the outside of the aorta just to see if this is feasible. Uh, this is a collaboration that really relies on surgical expertise because the surgeon really knows how in a person you can deliver these cells. And we've been talking with surgeons here, including Ryan McEnany in the Division of Surgery, about how that could possibly be done. It's a little premature to talk about feasibility at this point. The experiments just haven't been done. But in terms of engineering design, we're, we're putting design criteria into our technology so that it would be compatible with the human condition. Very good. Thank you. Dr. Weinbaum, I understand that you have some studies relating to elastin. Can you share some details about that? Well, I am a bioengineer. Uh, my background is in matrix biology. I trained 
in a lab that's very interested in how elastin, which is this molecule that's in the vessel wall, which gives it a resilient property, much like a rubber band that you can stretch it and restores itself. Uh, I've been interested in this molecule. And specifically, I've been interested in studying how cells behave in three dimensions in terms of their elastin synthesis. A lot of in vitro studies involve putting cells on a tissue culture plastic, which is a very stiff surface and doesn't really represent the environment in vivo. So I've been trying to develop three-dimensional culture techniques so that the cells are in three dimensions and in a softer substrate, which closer represents how they would act in the body. My ultimate goal is to use this to understand how we could maybe manipulate smooth muscle cells in the context of how they make elastin and look for ways to encourage them to make more, for example, in the context of aneurysm. So at this point, the model that I've been using is similar to what you would get if you had had a cut and then the blood flowed into the cut and turned into a provisional matrix, which you know of as a clot. The normal progression of wound healing is that cells go into this blood in your wound and they remodel it back into something more like skin that has matrix such as collagen. So in our hands, we make an artificial clot, which is cells in a mixture that turns into fibrin, and those cells then remodel the fibrin into something that's rich in extracellular matrix, including elastin and collagen. In addition, what we've been able to do is to look at the smaller molecules that are associated with the elastic fibers. These proteins have activities on the surrounding cells, and by the manner of them being extracellular matrix molecules that modify cellular behavior, these are called matricellular proteins. Taking matricellular proteins and looking at them in the context of regenerative medicine is, is a really new field, and somewhere we really feel that we have a niche for our research. So considering where you're headed with this, what do you see as the benefit or the outcome? I believe what the outcome is for the context of AAA, this aneurysm context, is that it's not necessarily just a matter of getting more elastin. These accessory proteins might also be missing or malfunctioning in the aneurysm context, may also need to target those proteins. And by studying these molecules in vitro in our 3D culture system, we can really pick apart each of the parts of the elastic fiber, including the matricellular proteins, in a way that you can't really do with elements from patients. So this is really unique. At least I haven't heard of anyone else pursuing this course of action. There are actually some hydrogel researchers in the engineering space. Very common gels that are used are materials like PEG, polyethylene glycol or synthetic polymers that are generally inert or they are modified in very specific designed ways to have activities on cells. I personally have just been more interested in this biological polymer of fibrin and that, that cells really interact very well with and remodel and would normally experience in the body anyways. So this is relatively fundamental research, but in terms of providing some better tools to the physician, when do you think some of these technologies might mature to the point that clinical trials would be feasible? Well, we would hope that we're actually 
already engaging in important research uh, connection with the clinicians. We had the support of the Pediatric Device Initiative from the McGowan Institute, and using this support, we hooked up with Victor Morrell at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. And what we've been able to do with this collaboration is he's been able to provide us discarded tissue after surgeries of pediatric patients from which we can look at how cells from this discarded tissue can potentially make elastin in the context of our 3D constructs and see if there's ways we can manipulate these cells in culture that could be translated to patients with vascular malformations, for example. In theory, these types of studies are very quick to the clinic and that we're getting to study the cells in vitro from actual patients with known problems, and this could get to the clinic quickly. I would say a 10-year window would probably be my best guess. That's very promising. So Dr. Weinbaum, I know that you're active on Twitter in terms of people who may want to follow your research, can you give us your Twitter handle, please? Sure. It's at Vascular ECM. That's V-A-S-C-U-L-A-R-E-C-M. Very good. So, Dr. Weinbaum, thanks for joining us and sharing with us your pioneering research. I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine that sponsors this podcast series. I encourage you to input from our listeners. You can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. Until we meet again, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.